Welcome to Recovery His Way. I'm Tom Reynolds, director at His Way, and we're on the campus of uh, His Way campus over here in Northeast Huntsville. And we're joined today by a newer resident in our program, um, Jordan Campbell. Um, Jordan's been with us a little over 30 days. We've had the opportunity to talk to some guys who have had long-term experiences with us, but Jordan's new to us, and I wanted to kind of get that fresh perspective um, today as we share with you. Jordan, thanks for joining us today. Thank you. Um, I'm get, I guess to get started, I'd be just interested in kind of you know, what got brought you to His Way in the first place. Why His Way? Why now? Um, what kind of led up to this? Why this choice? Well, um, about a- April 11th is whenever I had been struggling with heroin addiction. Um, I was using the needle and everything, and uh April 11th, I had a really bad OD, and that was a really, you know, big awakening for me. Um, after I got out of the hospital is whenever I realized it was time for me to change. Um, my mom heard about it. Thankfully, I hadn't been in any legal trouble yet, but um, talking to her about it just kind of seemed to open it for me. And shortly after that, I became septic and got went to the hospital after two weeks, two and a half weeks of being septic. and. I think by June 15th was whenever I first went to the hospital. Um, It turns out I had an endocarditis, which is a staph infection of the tricuspid valve in my heart. And so originally I had eight millimeters of vegetation and four millimeters of vegetation. And so thankfully now I I still have five millimeters, but they've gotten it all down. I spent nine and a half weeks in the hospital um, with a PICC line doing IV antibiotics. And so in there, it's, it's normally pretty life-threatening. Uh, and originally, it was going to be an open-heart surgery type thing to fix it, but they decided to wait, and so that's still, you know, up on the table for it. Um, but I, while I was in there, I started rebuilding relationships with my family, um, especially with my mom, and being open with her. Also built a relationship with my case manager, uh, Michelle, at there. Um, and my other nurse, Susan, who was actually at my family meeting. And, uh, you know, I just realized it was time for a change in there. Um, Mainly, I I think if if I wouldn't have gotten it, it, that's what I've I've spoken about in class, is it's kind of a blessing to have gotten it. Even though it's a a very serious thing that I'll probably have to live with for, you know, the rest of my life. I feel that without it, I wouldn't have came here and been able to start living my life through Christ. Um, But I I think with that is the main reason why I came here. Um, Before that, I had my friend Jacob Smith came through. And so that's how I've heard about the program. Um, And even before then, whenever my addiction first started, I talked to a a guy named Blake, uh, who is a drummer at at a church in, I think, Decatur area now. He came through the program really early on years ago, um, and so I th- it, it was just time. It was, it was time for a change. It, um, I didn't like how my life was going. The depression was, I had already tried to commit suicide with that OD, is what happened April 11th, and it, it just, I knew I needed a change, but I, I didn't see a way out. Um, but. That's what thankfully led me here. Mm-hmm. Well, I um, I want to ask you a few questions. I mean, your story is fascinating. Um, 
you said that when you had this overdose, was that intentional? You were trying to take your life or is that accidental? I know obviously we've lost a lot of guys over the years to accidental overdoses. Um, was, was your intention intention? Was it intentional or? It was, it was that day. Um, I don't even know what caused it really. It was, it was kind of like a normal day. I mean, I, I was still, you know, I was struggling with depression and everything. It wasn't a good day, but that's what's weird is it was nothing out of the ordinary. And then I went and bought some and went up to my apartment and it just, it just felt, it felt different. Like it, it, it's a really weird feeling. Um, and I, I loaded up in there about, I think three and a half, four times more than what I normally did. And the dude that I had bought it from even warned me before to not even do half of what I normally did. And I think it, it, proved in itself how, how strong it was. They ended up using, it was six Narcan total, I think, but one was administered by a pedestrian, but the others were administered by the EMTs. Um, it was, wasn't funny, but it was it was a very scary feeling. Whenever I came back, uh, of course I was freezing. They had cut off my shirt and everything. Um, I think they were doing the sternum rubs while they were doing the Narcan. And whenever I got they started wheeling me down because I was in the upstairs apartment. Um, there was actually another another stretcher. I remember this vividly. Uh, the stretchers that they put you on whenever they have the body bags in them, they don't have the padding that you know your stretcher is that you lay on. And so those were at the bottom of the steps. And so I don't know if it was just to, to scare me. There was definitely a lot of EMTs there, but I, I took that one to heart because it was, which is a really weird thing. Um, and that that's the thing that's bothered me is that like I wouldn't have after that day I haven't had any suicidal thoughts or anything I think the depression was still there the substance abuse was still there um, but that that was one thing that's another blessing uh, even though it's a very you know traumatic type deal thing um, but it, it was definitely a blessing because it it took that away and I had been struggling with that for about a year and a half. And that was, that was the, that was the most, I guess, as close to successful attempt that I could have made um, to actually commit suicide. But before then I had other attempts where I just, I knew I took too much of whatever um, and then just woke up and then just dealt with it. That time, I, whenever I loaded it up, I didn't think it was possible to come back from that. Um, I think I was told that I actually had the car fentanyl in it which is, it's a stronger version of fentanyl. Mm -hmm. And so, but that one, that one was really a traumatic thing. It was, it was weird. This is another thing that I, I brought up. Um, I don't know how I feel about coincidences. You know, I, I don't know what I believe in, in towards that. Mm -hmm. But I know whenever I was at the hospital that time, um, a nurse put her cross necklace around my neck and was, you know, just telling me her story and everything. And the EMT that was transporting me to the hospital was telling me he, he, he has a girlfriend or maybe he just got engaged to her that she struggles with uh, addiction to cocaine um, and was just talking. But those two people just stood out because everybody else, you know, they weren't they weren't treating me bad, but, you know, they were just working on me. I was right. just another statistic to right. them. Yeah. And uh, but they they stuck out and it's it's they stuck out in the whole conversation but the reason why they both stuck out is because 
it was like they were preaching to me, which mm-hmm. in a good sense. I know mm-hmm. normally people say preaching to me in a bad sense, but right. um, and it just I can remember that vividly. And it, what's w- even weirder is I can't remember I can't remember the days after that. It it took it takes a toll on your body. So, um, and I just thought that was a you know a weird coincidence. Right. And then the next time, whenever I got put in the hospital, whenever I went septic. Um, and got diagnosed with endocarditis. Uh, whenever I went to the LTAC facility, uh, the, my case manager, Michelle, she did the same thing, put her cross necklace around it, um, around my neck. But w- what's even weirder about both these is with the, I hope I don't get her in trouble for this, <laughs> if nobody says it, but with HIPAA, you can't give or receive gifts. So I couldn't give any of my nurses a gift and they couldn't give me gifts and that's considered a gift. So both of them, uh, shortly, I think I had it on for maybe like an hour total. Both of them, um, their, I guess whoever was the charge nurse, came in and said they had, they had to take it from me, so they had to take it back off of me. Um, but I just thought that was a really, you know, powerful thing. Mm-hmm. It, it definitely, it definitely helped me in that well, sense. And I think you really speak to something that I think is is powerful to me is that. You see how God's at work at all this. You know that it's not just coming to a Christ-centered residential program in which you get exposed to the the hope and the message of the gospel, but you're seeing it in nurses and and HEMC uh, workers and and all those people around you that come and and bring their faith into their profession, however they use it. And I think it's a testimony to them and and to the power of the gospel and the influence it has has had on you. The one thing I was trying to just build a connection with, uh, you talk about your overdose that obviously took you initially in the hospital and then turning septic and, and the issues with your heart. Were those two things connected or are those two separate, completely separate things? Or how does that, how did that work in your situation? Well, um, medically wise, the, I guess I had the endocarditis, which is the, the staff build up in my heart for a couple months. Um, there's a form of endocarditis that's pretty immediate. Uh, I think we actually had another resident here. Mm-hmm. He was talking to me about it. His was immediate. Mm-hmm. And so there was no staff cluster buildup in his heart, but he was diagnosed with endocarditis, which I think the medical term is an inflammation of the heart valve, which is normally caused by infection. Um, but so the early one is kind of, it's easier to treat. Uh, Cause you know, say if you were to use and you go septic right then, they can treat it. And so, you know, it still takes, I think he was on antibiotics for nine months, mm-hmm. but I know he, you know, he kind of went back to it um, during those nine months because they, they had sent him home with the pick line, mm-hmm. which is one thing that I remember we were fighting with insurance. Insurance was trying to send me home with a pick line. And I was like, because I didn't know if I could go home back home to my parents' house. Now there, whether I would have been safe or not from, you know, using it, I don't, I don't really know. Thankfully, I was able to stay in the hospital, but I know if my mom wasn't ready for me to go home and I went home with that pick line, it would have it would have been bad. Um, bad, bad how? Um, I, I would have definitely went back to using again. That's that's another thing that's that's weird. Um, after, you know, that the depression got healed a little bit and the, the definitely the suicidal urges get mm-hmm. taken away with the OD. Um, that's how powerful I've noticed my addiction is because uh, I remember I'd, I would always say that, you know, I wasn't I could quit whenever, you know, I want to or I'll know when I'm ready to quit. But sadly, that's the thing with the the epidemic we have going on right now is because you 
it's probably going to be a while before you're ready to quit and you you won't make it there, um, especially nowadays. And so I believe that even like they even told me in my doctor's appointment yesterday that if I go back to using again, it it very well could be the last time if I go back. to And that's just one time just getting high one time with the needle. Um, if it doesn't kill me, then it probably, you know, restart the infection. But um, I know now my urges have been taken away. I, I don't have any you know, any strong urges like I did early mm -hmm. on, and I'm learning to, you know, deal with them here. Uh, but I know if, whenever I was in the hospital, there were so many times where I, I just wanted to leave knowing what it would do to me and still go use, because it, it's a lot of, it's a lot of stress, you know, coming, coming towards you. Um, and so that's, that's how it would have been bad. It's because if I, if I would have sent home with a pick line, I probably would have stopped taking the antibiotics I wouldn't have set up the appointment and I wouldn't be here right now. Um, and I think that's really, that shows how powerful the addiction is mm -hmm. in it. Um, but yeah. Okay. Well, and, um, and so it sounds like to me in some ways that your overdose kind of um, draw, got you medical attention for these other things that eventually they addressed with your heart and those kind of things that, that you've kind of gone down that path, is that? Well, um, the overdose, I was only in hospital for a, about two two days, going over to two days. Um, now with that, I went, I went back home. You know, I, I noticed I wasn't feeling good, mm -hmm. but you know, with the stuff that I was doing uh, with my drug addiction, you're not gonna feel good at any time. Right. <laughs> um, and so you really, like I, I, I wasn't, you know, worried about how I, how I felt. Um, but now it wasn't until I want to say like two weeks after that, that I became septic. And so the endocarditis, like I said, had been there for months, even okay. before the overdose. Right. Um, but you really, it's the, the symptoms of the endocarditis is lack of energy. Um, Let's see, uh, I think the sleep gets affected. It, it, it's just mild symptoms. For something right. very severe, it has mild symptoms. Right. Now, whenever you go septic, of course, that's a whole nother ball game. Sure. Whenever I went to the hospital after becoming septic, uh, I think my first temperature there was 105.6. Wow. And that was with taking fever reducers and everything. So I knew, and I was, I was septic for about a full two weeks before I went. Um, and this is another thing. It wasn't, wasn't funny, but I remember sitting there on the couch and, you know, with COVID going on, um, and especially I hadn't even touched a mask till I went to the hospital. And so that was with months of going on with COVID and I wasn't really worried about it. But I remember sitting there and I was like, well, if it's, this is COVID, it's a lot worse than what they're saying on TV. Because right. it, it, was, it was very bad. But right. yeah, those were two separate things. So it's kind of, you know, the overdose helped me with the mental aspect and like with the, I know without without the overdose, you know, I probably would still be out there using and just like with without the endocarditis. But I think with them as you know, with both of them happening, even right. though they're pretty pretty bad events happening, like I, like I keep saying, the it was a blessing for both those to happen in such a quick time span. All right. Well, and you bring up something that we really have never talked about, but I think is, is interesting is that, you know, when you're in the cycle of using and then coming down off it and kind of going through the physical withdrawals and then getting using again and going through that whole cycle, your body's in such chaos anyway, that when you have a medical 
situation that's bad, you may not even notice it because I mean, you're going through so much chaos anyway with your body, whether you have a temperature or not, whether you feel like your lack of energy, all these different things you could be having um, is, is you wouldn't notice them. And so you could have easily continued on and obviously had these things happen and took your life um, that you wouldn't have been paying attention to without some sobriety. And so I think that's a, a danger that a lot of people do face out there using is that they're not they're not tending to themselves they're not getting help that they need they're not getting medical attention because you know they're in such a chaos under the addiction problem already well one of the things i was wanting to talk about too is obviously you chose to come here you had some friends who'd been here your mom was familiar with this program she had friends that were i know you mentioned your nurse was familiar with us and that type of thing um what did you expect would happen coming to his way and i guess the follow-up to that is um, has it gone as expected? Well, um, what I expected to happen. Um, I don't. I don't want to say it was. It was for my mom because it, it was for myself as well, uh, or for my whole family. Because um, once I was, you know, clear-headed in the hospital, I was able to see, like, especially with how whenever she first walked in, and I was, you know, I was a little bit yellow from the jaundice. I was in liver and kidney failure from the sepsis as well. Uh, or my kidneys were about to be in failure, but definitely liver failure. And uh, it, that, I guess, you know, with how sick I was, it was just all the right thing. I, I was really emotional because I just couldn't, it, I just couldn't imagine. I, I remember that night I had a dream because she was able to come the second day. Um, and I had a dream where I had a kid and I had to watch him go through the same things that, you know, I know I've been through. Mm -hmm. And to come see, because I knew what I looked like. I was 176 pounds. Uh, I was yellow. I was like gray. My skin was, you know, just really bad. Um, and that ended up, you know, getting fulfilled whenever she, she came in. And I could just tell by the way, you know, she was looking at me. It was just, it was just only hurt. Just to see where, and especially with, you know, I think um, I, I just felt really bad because I could tell that she was, you know, blaming herself for, you know, for going through, uh, for what I was going through. Right. Um, but I pretty much was ready for, you know, anything. I knew I couldn't, I couldn't do it on my own. Uh, I knew I'd, you know, if I go back to using, I would just, you know, die. And I didn't want to, I've always wanted to die for, you know, something that was worth it, you know, and that's just, that's just not worth it to me. <laughs> right. Right. So in coming here then, coming to his way, um, obviously we're a Christ-centered residential recovery program, uh, was, was, um, the Christian part of it, a reason for it? Was that part of your thought process? And, and kind of, you know, what have you experienced since you've been here? I mean, have, has it been, has, has your expectations been fulfilled? Has there been things that you were hoping would happen didn't, or how'd that go? Um, well, whenever I, I originally was coming to here, that wasn't, you know, it was something I was open to. Uh, you know, I've never been too much involved in church if I went, then, you know, it was it was for all the other reasons for whether it's a girl or uh, for my mom, because mom wanted us to. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that before I came here, I just 
I wasn't ready. I, I wouldn't pay attention and everything. I, I wouldn't say I was a non-believer, but you know, I was, there was it, just like everybody else, you know, I had, I had my doubts, uh, different situations. I would just be, you know, I would become a non-believer with certain situations and other situations. I would, it, it would just, you know, too much, too much, I guess, coincidences that, you know, where it would push me on the other side. Mm -hmm. But now, uh, I think that was the main thing with coming here. Um, this was the, I, I knew I needed, I know one thing that made me uh, definitely come here is that it was a six months long to a year um, program, whereas all the other programs that, you know, everyone else was telling me about was only 30 days. Mm -hmm. And um, that was one thing for me, which I, I know you, you learn stuff in each program, but I think by then I had been in a hospital for about 30 days and I was nowhere near ready to, you know, be be done with it. And so 30 days just wasn't wasn't long enough. Um, but the Christ centered, you know, this being a Christ centered program, I, I wouldn't say that that had any effect on me coming here originally. But I, I like I said, I was just, you know, really open to it. Um, but whenever I came here, I definitely as for my expectations with coming here. They were completely like I expected to, you know, see it through and, you know, do good. I didn't really know what to expect, though. Um, in fact, I didn't really learn too much about how the day to day is because I didn't want to, you know, make myself too overwhelmed because I, I know if once I start something, I normally see it through. Like I, I won't I won't quit doing anything. Um, but if I hear, you know, say if there's a rule that I don't like before I came here, that would hinder me from going. Right. So, but um, as as for that, it, it definitely, it was completely different from what I expected, but in, in a good way. And so that, that finally feels good because normally stuff doesn't, doesn't go how you expect in a bad way. But <laughs> this, it was, it was, it was definitely a lot different. I just feel like, especially with how I felt before, um, I didn't think I would, I'd feel like this, you know, ever again, um, with learning God and trying to, you know, live, live my best like Christian life for him. Um, I never thought I'd, I don't think anyone in my family thought they'd see today or if, which I, I don't really have too many friends anymore, if any, but, um, nobody would have expected, you know, this for, for me. Um, in fact, I was always against rehab in general. Uh, I just didn't, I didn't believe in it. I thought it was another, you know, another way for someone to start a business and make money. Um, but that's what's completely turned me around here. It's, it's, it, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's, it's such a powerful program that we have here. Um, especially with like I've noticed well one I, I could tell immediately is because I there's not been a single class that if I'm asleep like tired before I go to class going into class wakes me up because it's something and that's something that really spoke to me even though it's, it's something so small it's because all through high school all through any school that I've been to any class that I've been to uh, even any church that I've been to before then or before now um, it, I realized that, you know, I wasn't able to pay attention and not, not really intention, intentionally, but, um, you know, it would just happen without me even being able to 
like catch it. But here, uh, especially with your class and with with everyone else's, I'm just I'm glued in and I'm able to absorb the information. Um, and that was one thing I was worried about coming here is, you know, without taking any uh, ADHD or ADD medication, um, would I be able to? And this is how I actually realized that that was just a, a crutch, really. Because, um, but at the same time, with this being classes that I actually, you know, enjoy mm-hmm. um, and that I know I need, it, it, it's helped me be able to pay attention a lot. And so it's it's definitely been completely different than what I expected. Um, I don't really, honestly, I don't really know what I expected, but I knew, you know, anything was better than what I was doing. <laughs> so I know you just had your family meeting last, I guess, last Friday, <laughs> and uh, it was neat to see your family and be able to interact with them and, and have that conversation with them and hear more about your journey there and to see their joy in, um, the things you're doing now and where you're at and feeling a lot the similar that they didn't think they'd ever see you in the mindset and condition that you're in today um, is a joy to them as certainly I know is to you and, and to us. One of, you've been here, I mean, you were here about a week when you decided to be baptized, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested in kind of, I mean, that's pretty quick considering those kind of all new to you. Um, I was just interested in kind of what prompted that. I realized there had been a lot of events in your life that had kind of set up that, that are really, you know, challenging events. I mean, huge life-turning events with overdoses and heart problems and those kind of things. But I was interested in kind of, is there a real trigger that happened there for you that made you make that decision to, you know, not just, you know, be in a Christian program, but actually commit yourself to this way of life? Well, um, I know one thing really, really early on, like my first couple of days, uh, I was having a very, very hard time adjusting um, with, you know, anxiety. I don't know if it's from being in a hospital or from, you know, just being in a new place in general. Um, I know all that played a factor into it. And I noticed, I, I think it was Tuesday, so the day after my second day here, um, I heard, I forgot who was the first person that I've heard say it, but um, they were talking and said, you know, my way didn't work before this. And, you know, that registered to me, but I didn't, I didn't really, really think that out until later on. Um, and so throughout that, throughout that whole week, up until whenever I got baptized, I was trying to really just break that down in my head because uh, I wasn't, I still wasn't adjusting. Um, I was trying to do everything, you know, in my power to adjust. Normally I was trying to, you know, talk to people and you know, make those relationships because I think that's the, that was the main thing is being around completely new guys um, and everything like that. And so I, I think with that, it, I kind of applied that to my situation with, you know, my way didn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, all the way down to that, because normally you say my way didn't work with, like, say, whenever I tried to, I moved to Decatur to work for a tree service and was sober for several months, um, but eventually went back to it. And so that's way that's the way that we normally talk about and use that phrase. But I started applying it to everything. And, you know, I, I noticed that no matter who I start talking with and everything like that, I still wasn't sleeping. 
I still, I would have, I'd start sweating no matter where I was, no matter how cold or hot I was, just from the anxiety that I was having. Um, and so finally, uh, I think it was about the fourth or fifth day, and it was a couple of days before I got baptized, I just started praying. And, you know, just that's, that's one thing that I've never tried, which um, is the, you know, basis of the phrase, you know, my way didn't work. Um, and so I talked with, with, uh, Mr. Jim Norville and he told me to, you know, pray before bed, before I eat, which we all do that. Uh, we all pray in the morning, but I pray whenever I wake up, um, just by myself. And, you know, it seemed, it seemed to start, everything started falling into place just slowly. It, wouldn't, it didn't happen, you know, immediately, but I felt you know, more strength in that than I did with anything that I would have tried. Uh, and so I know Pat, um, he actually was the one that raised his hand and he, he quoted the scripture and said he wanted to get baptized. Uh, and then he asked if anyone else would like to be baptized with him. Um, and so I didn't, we had been learning about it. Of course I knew what getting baptized meant, um, but that that's what made me, you know, I raised my hand and then I actually went and I talked to, uh, I think I talked to, I know I talked to John Brown about it. Um, I talked to one other resident here and just cause it was early on, I kind of, I don't know if it was my anxiety or not, but I kind of felt, cause everybody knew I hadn't been in a church or anything. I felt, you know, like people were like, why are you getting baptized so early? But I'm glad you actually had said in class today that it was, you know, a better decision to do it early on whenever I need the help. Cause I, I know I still need the help, but I know I, I needed it a lot more then. Uh, at least now I can, you know, I can breathe, I can sleep better. Um, but that's, that's what led me to do that in the first place. That was a, my first a time I got, I was baptized. Um, and I, I think that's what, that's what really started changing. It uh, started to helping me change the way I think, and so I, I really started hitting it hard after that. Good, that's awesome. Well, my last question is: I mean, you're still early in the program. Obviously, you're just getting ready to start looking for a job, and those kind of things are starting. As you look into the future, what hopes do you have? What where where do you and what do you anticipate? What kind of hopes do you have as you look out into your future now? Um. Well, I know one thing that has been on my mind as for going into the future is one helping the helping the new guys that come in. Um, like we have a new resident now that was having a hard time, and he's he's young and he's still adjusting. And so that that's that's one thing that I hope to actually be able to do. But as for you know myself and my future is you know just continue on through the program. Uh, I want, I know, I think the daily Bible, you read a chapter a day and you finish it within a year, um, which if I'll probably end up staying for the full year. Um, but you know, I, I want to, I want to finish that before, before I leave here. Mm -hmm. Um, and that'll definitely be a, not, not a challenge. Well, it, actually it would be a challenge for me to keep up i'm not a big fan of reading that would be the first book i've read in my life by myself okay, okay. and so that's a good one <laughs> i've heard um but 
other than that, I'm still, you know, rebuilding relationships mm-hmm. with my family. Um, and, you know, I'm hoping to just go through, go through the program and get everything I can out of it. Um, and build up a future, build a good relationship with the church. I've already met the elders at Central. Um, and thankfully, I know my mom was going to a, a different church. I don't know if they were still having services, but um, thankfully I have the full support of my family because I expected churches to, or I expected our conversation about what church to go to, to, you know, end up in not not an argument, but you know what I mean. Like she's already been going to the church, but um, I expected to, you know, have some talk over that. But thankfully, I, I said I'd like to stay at Central. You know, I met the elders of the church, and you know, this is what's not. It, it's what literally has let me live, but gave me a whole nother life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm hoping it it will be able to keep doing that through the relationships I build there. And so thankfully, uh, immediately she she said that, you know, that was okay and everybody was okay with going every Sunday. And so uh, that that's pretty much pretty much it as for that. Good. Well, Jordan, I appreciate you joining us today and thanks for sharing your story. I mean, it's quite a quite a story. I know it's still early on, so we're, I'm excited to see where all this will take us and what we'll enjoy together for years to come. So thanks for sharing with us today and look forward to staying a part of the journey. Yes, sir. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. If you want more information on His Way, you can check out our website at hiswayinc.org.